Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kibley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey. Right, so welcome to the Care Pod. I am here with Dr. Joyce Mallory. So honored to be with Dr. Mallory. She is a long-standing, upstanding educator and has a full life behind her and ahead of her. And I am honored that as she continues to use her gift in education to empower those of us that are currently younger or young olds, but also her life serves as an inspiration to the older adult who says, you know what, what do I still have to offer here? What are my gifts? What is my contribution to society? And so I'm really honored because uh, people like Dr. Mallory are what impactful caregiving is all about. Uh, and she serves as an inspiration not only to me in my own personal life, but as a clinician uh, taking care of older adults, trying to empower them in their current walk. So welcome. I'm so glad to have you here with us. And just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I today is my birthday. So that's another oh, that's reason awesome. for me to be excited. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank How you. wonderful is that? Happy yes, birthday. I'm I'm just not afraid to, you know, or embarrassed to let anyone know how old I am. I've been on this earth for 82 years. And that the Lord is has amazing. Really been, it is just an amazing uh, journey. And so I'm just really excited about it. But um, I'm a lifelong learner. I've always enjoyed learning. Every, you know, from the time I was I guess I could walk and speak and hear, um, you know, my parents, my mother was uh, really instrumental in who I was and uh, what I am now. And um, she brought me up um, learning on the nursery rhymes and singing songs. So I was really destined for uh, a linguistic for, you know, I am a visual learner and you know, I'm a writer. And uh, so she just spoon fed me that. And um, I accomplished some of the things that she always wanted to do. She always wanted to be a writer. And so, um, you know, as I look back, I see that, you know, the nurture and the, the enrichment, I've always been surrounded by books and uh, the library was instrumental in my life. It was a safe haven for me because, you know, my parents got married. They were young. They were teenagers when they got married. And no one gives you a book on how to raise children. So, you know, there were some rough times. But um, there were a lot of people in my life who helped me to overcome some of the things. And then, you know, I was introduced to, um, you know, uh, God at an early age. And I had a grandmother who, you know, who prayed for me and who really kept us uh, because there was my, my brother, but I was the oldest, I, you know, I'm the oldest. And so um, we were able to survive uh, in spite of all of the challenges because we had people who nurtured us and who were there, you know, 
We had people who nurtured us, and then we had people who didn't nurture, nurture us. But I want to think about the positive, the, the people who really kept us going, who you know looked out for us. And so um, my mother didn't get her GED and after I, until after I finished high school. So wow. you know that. So we're you know we're sort of like. Uh, transforming people, you know, and so that urge for for learning and uh, for, for knowledge and things like that and helping others uh, is is this part of my DNA. Uh, she became a nurse. How about it? So I have a daughter who's a nurse. I love it. Who just left. Okay. And so, um, you know, and I've always been around people who are caring. And so when our family would get together, you know, my, my two aunts were, one of my aunts was a, um, a nurse. She, well, she lived with a doctor and she helped out, you know, in those, those years, like in the fifties, you know, a lot of things that African-American women did was to take care of children, other people's children. So um, she was, she was always reading. Uh, she cooked for you know this Jewish family, and uh, so she learned a lot about taking care and what children needed. But to make a long story short, I've always been around people who wanted to know more, who wanted to learn more, who wanted to do more for others. And so um, you know some of the hard times, challenges, the Lord brought me through. Absolutely. Because at the age of fifteen. I was diagnosed with tuberculosis. And so a lot of people, a lot of young girls who have, who have just turned 16, they, they're waiting for that sweet 16 birthday party. I didn't have it. My sweet 16, my 16th year was spending a year in a sanitarium being cured from tuberculosis. How about that? But you know, that was the inflection point in my life because it showed me that I needed to, you know, begin to plan and look at my life differently and to take a positive turn. So I had a chance to, to make some choices. And I came in contact with my tutor and my tutor, she really nurtured me and told me I could do anything that I had a heart to do. And so, and she encouraged me all the, you know, throughout those 12 months uh, of, uh, and I was able to formulate a plan to you know take some time off to realize what I wanted to do with my life. I always knew I wanted to be a professional person and also I, I knew that I wanted to impact on other people's lives. And so, so I, uh, you know, when I came out of the hospital, it was my junior, I finished my junior year and it was my senior year. And so what I did was I graduated. I did get married um, and I decided, you know, um, you know, the finances weren't right, but I always had it in my heart. And I thank God that I had a, a husband that was supporting me. Uh, we were both young, but the thing is that he supported me and he had, wanted to go to college, but he thought it would be better for me. And so I started 
um, after around three or four years of working, clerking, you know, answering phones and things like that, I took my first course. He said, well, take the first course and what we'll do, we'll see how, you know, you, you function, you know, how you can. And I managed it. And so in 19, uh, six, 15, I've got, oh, 1969, I signed my first teaching contract. How about it? And, amazing. And I was in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And so um, I, I just think, I, I thought I made the right, that we made the right decision. Because as, as you go along, you'll find that, you know, if you don't learn, the events that take place in your life are going to be teaching you. You know, we're not always set up to take the different turns and the, um, the inflection points, the, 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 you know, the things that sometimes can hold you back and your attitude has to be and your mindset. I believe that I could do it. So I kept on, I kept at it. And so I, I stayed in the position. I got my master's and I did it part-time. And in 1999, I retired from um, education and after 33 years uh, in education with a master's. I was also a school principal in two, uh, two different positions, but I knew that there was nothing else that I could do because my, my heart was really in the urban district, but I knew that I had to, to leave in order to do something that was a little more productive. I had put a lot into it and um, I put as much as I could. And I had an opportunity to retire. So I retired. And after that, I still missed teaching. So I went to Bible school. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I went to Bible school. I got two diplomas, uh, you know, certificates, one in pastoral studies and another one in um, um, pastoral care, biblical studies. And then uh, it, at my church, I helped my, uh, the lady of the church, create and develop a, a daycare, a nursery, a nursery school. And so we started that in uh, 20, I think it was 2005. And uh, it was, that's when I was really in heaven because I was the director. And, you know, a lot of the things that, that both of us loved because she was also a teacher, both we were able to implement into into the church and we had such a wonderful time of people coming to the church children being taught uh, about uh, Jesus and how he loved them and the parents coming in and getting involved it was just a just a, a great great time join our email list by signing up at impactfulcaregiving.com so many so, questions for you. Mm -hmm. um, what what would you say to teachers today? Well, I, I would say to teachers today, if that's what you love, then do it. You're going to find a reason to teach. Uh, it is difficult today. It's very hard. But know that what you're doing 
even if you can change one child, or if you can add to a, a day that's going to make them brighter, that's going to make them happier, do it. Because they, they really need us. Uh, we're like de facto parents. Uh, we keep the children and we teach the children sometimes, and we nurture the children and love the children uh, when there's no one else who's there to do that. Absolutely. So, so we, we need to remember what our purpose is and why we're doing it. Don't forget why you chose to go into education. And if it was the wrong reason, then it's going to, it's going to show itself. Yeah. But if your, your reason, your why was important and it is all revolves around the children that you touch then stay, don't quit. I, it's funny, I read in your bio that you grew up with no television, no screens in the home with, you know, uh, your mother teaching you nursing rhymes and you having to create uh, a, imagination around right. the stories that you were being told mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of not having this kind of external right. uh, option. So in today's society, uh, even as adults, that we tend to be screen dependent and uh, the technology removes us from even interpersonal interaction and even multi-generational interaction, it's interesting because what do you say to the young adult uh, that is detached from their environment as a result of relying on screens, but also to the older adult who could a stand to benefit from technology? You know, wh where is our meeting ground? I believe that, you know, you can't, that old adage, don't throw the baby out with the water. <laughs> Some things are still good. Some storytelling is so important because storytelling can relate so many things to, uh, to the imagination. It's the way that you can explain certain situations. And uh, even music. Um, I was on um, a, a webinar a couple of days ago, and we were talking about uh, raising children to know who, um, you know, who Jesus was, who, who God is. You know, we can begin to teach children, even at a small age, uh, certain things. Children like music. They like rhyming, they like songs. So I, I made a suggestion. When you're, when you're changing the baby, when you're feeding the baby, uh, when you're putting the baby to sleep, introduce them to the language, read to them, sing to them. They don't care if you're not uh, Mary Alonzo or uh, uh, Maria, uh, the famous <laughs> singer. They don't care, they are interested in hearing the voice, hearing the rhyme, hearing the music. And also it makes them more prone to talk. I, I, I believe that children today, they talk about delayed uh, language speaking. Delayed language is more than likely is because they have never heard words or spoken to them. If you start talking to them early, they're going to talk because they're gonna pick up the language. They're gonna pick up the cadence and they like things that rhyme. So you can do nursery rhymes, you can sing to them. Uh, 
I've seen things on TV where uh, children, they can sing the, the commercials that come on TV. They can do the TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the things that you can do to, to children to broaden their ability to learn and make it. I, and I was just talking to my, my daughter about using, teach them using the five senses. The only, what we're doing is we're just using sense of seeing, of sight. What about the sense of hearing, the sense of touch, the sense of moving, all right? We, if we combine all of the five senses, we, we're touching all of the ways children learn. Absolutely. So what do you so, say to the older adult that says, you know what, this generation, they're too far gone. I just... No, there, there, there is, there's still hope. First of all, you need to encourage them and not need them. All right. Find out what they need. Ask them questions. All right. Uh, so what, what have you been doing? You know, what is your, what do you see your future looking like? Or what is your favorite thing to do? Or sometimes even listen to some of their music. All right. Or even ask them, you know, I know that I am not technologically, you know, savvy anymore. I'm good just being able to get on Zoom and turn my <laughs> computer off and on and answer some emails. Ask them, can you show me how to use Instagram? Can you show me how to post something on um, Facebook? All right. How do I get into Instagram? Number one. And use my, I have an Instagram account, but how do I get in there and begin to share with other people? So those are things that we can do with them. And then also encourage them by asking, you know, telling them, well, maybe what I can do is to help you with something that you don't understand. Uh, are you having challenges? Oh, can I read your resume for you? Uh, can I help you with your cover letter? Uh, I'm going to pray, you know, uh, for you to get that particular job. And um, th those are the kinds of things that you can. What I would have, your grandchildren say about you? Well, Gigi, I love you. I have four great grandchildren. And then I have four grandchildren. My grandchildren call me Nana. My great grandchildren call me Gigi. <laughs> answer to all of them. I love it. And my grown kids still call me mommy. Uh -huh. And so, um, but I've always wanted, said that I wanted to be in their lives because my grandparents were much older. They were set in their ways. And, um, you know, they had a lot of history behind them where all they wanted to do, they wanted to have a quiet time because we have to remember that they had gone through a lot, you know, through being, uh, disenfranchised, uh, coming from the South. Um, my great grand, um, my great grandmother escaped from um, Virginia. My mother's that was my mother's mother escaped from Virginia with her her son. And um, you know, I saw her. She was very distant. You know, she wasn't loving and nurturing. And same thing with my my mother's in law. She wasn't very uh, affectionate, touchy type of thing because they, they came from the old school, you know? 
um, when I said that I wanted to go to college and they were talking to you know, my dad, she and my dad said, why would you want to go to college? Either you're going to graduate and get a job or you want to get married. And that's, those are the only two choices that they gave me. Mm. I don't want that for my grandchildren. I believe that my grandchildren should be do a whole lot better than I have done. So that's one of the reasons why I wrote my book, my first book. Want to be a part of our growing, impactful caregiving community? Sign up at impactfulcaregiving.com. Yeah, it's a tall order. They have big yeah. shoes to fill, though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because they, they say, oh, Gigi has this and Nana has that. And they don't know the struggle, what mm. I went through. Mm. I didn't know the struggle that my parents, you know, my mother's and my dad's parents went through. I can mm. see it from, you know, records in history and things like that. But they didn't talk about it. You know, they wanted to escape the life that they left behind. So. So we don't have records of parents, you know, who was my, I know that my father had uh, two other brothers and they got married, but we have not kept track with them. So we lost, Wow. You know, can I tell my children, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and my daughter and my son, they asked about it and I, I'm just, I'm just lost mm -hmm. because I don't have any history to give them. And sometimes you have to know where you come from before you go forward. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why I wrote my, wrote my book. My first and tell book. us about your book. Tell us about your first book and how we can, how our, our listeners can learn more. My first book is called, uh, Where Are You? And it was, um, it's, a it's choosing, it's an acronym, choose, C-H-O-O-S-E. And the number one thing is the fear. We fear change. And you can't fear change because if you don't change, then you don't grow. That's what, it, that's what learning is all about. Learning is something that you do in order to survive. Learning is something that you do in order to move to the next level. And so you can't move up and you can't make positive changes unless you learn how to do it. And so therefore, my, my first book was about dealing with fear. The first fear that I had took place when I was five years old, I think, five or six years old. I was on my way to kin I was in kindergarten. And years, years you know, children take buses to school now. Mm. When I was growing up, we walked. I don't care how far we walked. We walked to school. And the first encounter that a child has with walking to school is when I was growing up was kindergarten. My grandmother, because I lived with my grandmother at the time, my mother was in New York and I was living in Baltimore with my grandmother. And so we had neighborhood schools and I had an older aunt and she would take me, walk me to school the first couple of weeks. After the second or third week, all right, I was informed that I had to go to school by myself. 
and I meet him at the crossroad, you know, at the, at the major uh, intersection. Mm-hmm. And someone would meet me, so we they would cross me, you know, they we go across the street, help me get across the street, and then that was it, and I would be home. So I had an encounter with um, a couple of boys who were playing hooky from school, and I was on my way from from school, and they started chasing me. And so you know they they were probably I'm a five year old, all right. They probably were eighth graders or something like that who were playing hooky, and they chased me, and they chased me to um, um, a backyard of a lady, and the lady rescued me because she said, "Hey, hey, leave that little girl alone." And I was crying, and I finally got my bearings, and I was able to get to where I was supposed to meet my uh, my aunt. But that was that never that never left me because I, I I cried half the night, and I said, you know, with my grandmother and my aunt, I said, nobody likes me. I don't know why they don't like me because mm. I was dealing with rejection mm. because. I had been not living with my parents, my father and my mother. They were, they were separated. So up until the time that I was 13 years old, I lived with a whole lot of different people. That's, you know, that's part of my story. But that's one of the things that I could sympathize with the children that I taught in the urban area. Because some of them were going, going through the same trauma that mm-hmm. I had gone through. Or a, a, you're, so you create a sense of belonging yeah. uh, as a result of your own yeah. pain so that right. so you've created purpose out of right. that. So, right. yeah. so, so amazing. So, and that's who, what my book is all about. Who was who your greatest teacher? I've had so many great teachers, but I, think, I, I would say that my mom was my greatest teacher. I love to read. And so um, the word of God was my second greatest. So would yeah. you say the Bible is your favorite book? Yes, it is, because a, a lot of things that are um, that I, I write and things like that are, are the words, certain words in the Bible that really touch the, my heart. And um, I know that um, it's a driving force, really. And so I will, my second book was, um, I wrote that after I retired, and that's called um, Lord You're Mighty. And my that second book is all about the omnis of, uh, of God. He's omnipresent, right? Omniscient and omnipotent. And he's all, that's why they call him almighty. And so that's called, I'm trying to think, you know, when my husband and I were married for 36 years, and so, I didn't retire until five years after he had passed, but I lived on uh, the word that said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, That's Psalm 139, uh, verse 14. But the the crux of it was the last verse. It says to Lord, know my heart and keep me from doing anything that's going to not uh, praise you. And so I wrote my second book based on that. And so I'm 139. Oh my gosh, you touched my soul even yeah. on today. So I'm so thankful to share this time with you on your Thank birthday. You. How awesome Thank is you. that? Right. So tell right. me, so tell our listeners 
what's your website, how they can get to you if they want to, uh, you know, connect with you directly, etc. The SD is JSM Creates. All right, that's on SD. Okay. My my uh, website is JoyceMalloryBooks.com. Okay. And my Instagram is Joyce Mallory Books. It's at Instagram. Beautiful. How about it? So we have an 82-year-old on Instagram, Facebook, has her own website. What? And, and I'm still learning two books. how to do it. <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I'm going to end with this quote. At, at my age, I am still a teacher. Yes. And boy, have you inspired my soul on your own birthday. What a blessing. Thank you very much. It's wonderful meeting you. Yes, nice to meet you. Sharing. Great information right from the source. For more information on how to caregive like a boss, check out impactfulcaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com.